What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Today's episode of the Halftime Snacks features a guest with a unique intersection of interests. Here's why. Here's a former collegiate kicker and punter, architect, designer, and data analytics manager. Our guest is basically an expert in design, performance, and technology. He is the CEO and founder of B1 Sports, a platform that uses AI to help young athletes maximize their performance, gain exposure for their talents, and get advanced training on demand. And can't wait for this conversation with my fellow friend all the way from Texas in the United States, Scott Deans. Hey, Ronan. Thanks. Finally, finally get together. Yeah, finally, Scott. How are you? How are you feeling today? Doing well. I'm feeling uh, energized. It's beautiful outside. Uh, Texas, if you don't know, ne doesn't get cold usually but we're in the nice uh, 60s so that's cold for us <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great i've never been to texas hope i make it uh one day i'm a colts fan so i know that the houston texas are one of the you know biggest rivals of us um but you know i hope i, I come one day visit you we'll go to a texans game and uh, we'll have some fun with some some snacks during halftime man you 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 were a professional uh uh player uh football player punter kicker What was one song as an icebreaker? What, almost. almost, yeah, almost. As, a, as an icebreaker, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, what's, what was one song that you played before games that pumped you up? Oh, oh hands down, my, not only my favorite songs, but my favorite movies, Rocky. And you could pick any of the Rocky movies and I would just be able to pull a song or a clip or, a, you know, vocabulary or whatever came out of rock yeah rock is uh it's quite a motivational uh movie and song eye of the tiger man one of the one of the top songs yeah. that come to mind great song and i'm sure i'm sure it helped you to win some win some games uh kick some some footballs and uh and yeah help help your, your team out um but For those that maybe don't know you, Scott, or those that maybe don't know exactly what you've been through or, or where you've been, how about you first maybe tell us your story, uh, how you became a, a, a almost pro uh, uh, football player, athlete, uh, how, did that, how did it all happen? You can go back as, 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 as uh, far as you want, uh, but tell us exactly how you became an athlete and then how that uh, prepared you to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, happy to, happy to share my story. It might, it, it's a little bit interesting, I think. Um, and I have to actually start from the beginning because I was born and raised on a boat in San Francisco Bay. Um, I spent the first 18 years of my life on a small 36-foot trawler. Um, and, you know, I think the, the reason I bring that up is – Uh, when you're an only child out kind of in a unique setting, right, living on a boat, uh, creativity and innovation became a necessity. It, it was, um, I was often alone or running around trying to figure out how to 
uh, entertain myself. And um, I just had to, to get creative and, and innovative really at a young age. Um, and, you know, I think once I started uh, introducing myself to sports, that was the second element. Sports became just a critical piece of my life at a very young age. Um, you know, thanks to my mom for driving me around from, you know, ice hockey to martial arts to football to baseball. I mean, all of these things kind of happening throughout my life. And, um, you know, I, I ultimately settled on football uh, because in high school I was a quarterback and a kicker and a punter. Uh, and, you know, it was then that I started really finding a love for the game uh, and affinity with, with sports and, and uh, building again my, my experience with a camaraderie and what it means to be on a team and all those things. Um, and uh, subsequently, my, in my junior year, I, I broke my elbow while I was pitching. Um, so my quarterback career ended, <laughs> uh, needless to say, I, I became a kicker and a punter only, and, uh, was fortunate enough to, to get a scholarship to Portland state. Uh, so, um, Portland state university, I, uh, competed every day to get on the field. And, you know, that was sort of the beginning of 20 years later, the B1 sports forming. So, and, and where I say that is, um, you know, competition these days is so tight, right? So, here I was, Portland State, competing to win, um, and uh, subsequently after after those years, um, you know, and I look back on my sports career throughout the whole early stage of my life, there was nothing but play in the NFL. That was my goal. That was my mission. I was going to play in the NFL. So convinced I was going to play in the NFL some way somehow. And uh, my college uh, years ended. Uh, got an agent. And got fortunate enough to uh, try out with uh, Mr. Dwayne Board or Coach Dwayne Board uh, for the 49ers and didn't make it, didn't make the team. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was stuck at this, this um, you know, fork in my, in my life and career and everything and, and chose to actually hang up the cleats and finish school as an architect. Um, and so I finished architecture school and design school, uh, which you sort of thrust me into my, my decade first career, which was all about design and architecture. Um, and, you know, what I learned in that decade was really all about two, two really important things, communication and the power of design. Um, and I say communication because, you know, how we communicate as humans or how we interact with technology or ideas it really doesn't matter if you can't communicate it. And that can be communicated graphically or, you know, it can be interpretive or, or interpretive or, um, you know, it can be delivered through a beautiful drawing or a beautiful song, all these things. And it was kind of that, that design experience that helped me learn those skills. Um, and then interestingly, my career changed again. <laughs> career totally went from design and architecture to the energy industry. And it's in the next decade uh, that I really learned what it means to understand performance, understand technology, and performance by way of what matters to achieving some objective, whether it's a business trying to um, create the most profit po possible, or you know, it's a, it's a young company trying to create a brand. Uh, this idea around performance and how you measure performance or how you dictate or, or control the validity of 
uh, uh, skill set or an ex an, a capability level. Th this is what I learned kind of in this last decade. And, you know, I say all of that because those are really four big elements which are converging now into B1 sports. Love of the game, number one, passion for, for sports and athletics, design and making truly a experientially different um, uh, you know, moment, let's say for athletes and, and coaches and parents. Uh, the, the importance of design and then what performance can do for, for this, the, 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 the kids and parents and coaches around the world. Uh, all of those things converging now into the company. And that's what's really exciting. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And, but, but I'm wondering when exactly, what was the moment, the first moment where you thought um, B1 as an idea or mm -hmm. maybe just as a thought that you had that you realize oh this could probably this could probably work better or there would be there would be an interesting opportunity in this area what was the moment exactly can you remember maybe you don't but uh the the first moment yeah. when you when you realize there's this opportunity for b1 yeah it's a good question and and to be honest it's been pretty recent it was recently that all of this um sort of aha moment came about. And it was while I was in my MBA curriculum at Rice, because what we were learning is, you know, an idea is great, but if it doesn't mean something to you as a founder, then, then, you know, what are you doing? Uh, how, how do you want to spend your life? How do you, when you get out of bed, what drives you and what, you know, what, what great things can you bring to the world and, and people that are, you're going to experience this journey with. And, and that's when it clicked for me. I, I said, what are the most important things to me? And it's, it's always been about, you know, helping kids achieve their greatest while at the same time demonstrating healthy and energetic actions. And for me, that's sports. Um, and now the neat thing about this is, the enablers to that are things like performance, things like design and things like technology. And that's why I'm trying to kind of converge all these things into to something completely differential. Yeah, it feels like you've been collecting the Legos uh, throughout the last two decades, you know, with all your experiences and the things that you've learned and the things that you've seen and the, the types of people that you've met for sure and the conversations that you've had. You've been collecting the Legos and, and getting like a very good sense of understanding and grasping what uh, people think, what needs are, they are, are out there, uh, what kinds of problems can technology solve, how can we measure performance, how can we measure uh, things with data and then like kind of like from a reflection point, meaning that once you sat down probably with yourself with, you know, a couple of good questions in your mind, you came up with this, you know, awesome idea um, for B1. Now, I'm, I'm wondering how exactly you went from idea to knowing how specifically the product that you were going to build was going to be able to solve, you know, all the all the things that you wanted to solve. Like, I wonder how exactly you transitioned from idea to product. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would I would have to say the <laughs> the first steps and, and a lot of entrepreneurs probably feel this, too, is is just go research and find out who your customers and what they what they need and what problems you're, you're trying to solve. Uh, so the customer discovery process was really huge, huge for us. 
we wanted to, you know, not only test our idea, but really go out and listen to what's driving the need for this technology or the need for this uh, academy, let's say. And in doing that, we found some really insightful things. Uh, one, that competition exists and it only gets more and more um, intense as you, as you rise in the ranks or rise in the levels of, of athletics. And, um, you know, so that was one really, really important sort of validation of what we were searching for. I think another really great and um, powerful insight was that, you know, it's not just about the athletes and the coaches. There are parents out there competing every day to win. And the, the commitment that exists with the parent and athlete and coach relationship is, is amazing. Um, now, within that, there are some athletes that don't have that privilege, right? So I think um, that's something that we're always trying to, to be aware of, that there's this, this triangle of parents, coaches, and athletes that, um, you know, we want to, to build that collaboration, build that strength as a network. And where there's one thing missing, maybe as a company, we can help, we can help promote that, or we can help uh, generate the, the connection um, so that athletes, parents, and coaches can, can compete at the highest level possible. Wow, it sounds like uh, it sounds like that triangle is really probably the formula for what non-professional sports look like. Um, and I'm I'm very curious, like like the network of coaches and the network of parents is as important for you guys as the number of athletes that you serve, or yeah. or how exactly how exactly are you thinking about? Like in if it, if it would be a priority level or just an order of how, who who you care about the most or not who you care mo about sure. the most but who do you want to be closest to? Yeah, maybe it's probably the athletes. But then if you would have to choose coaches or parents, what would you choose? Interestingly, it depends. Um, it depends on the individual relationship actually that we come across because you know every human is different, every relationship is different, and and. That's one thing that we want to focus on is the individuality of, of each experience, of each athlete, of each parent, of each coach. And, and so to, to, to prioritize them, they're all equal. They're all equivalent. Um, and we're going to just be able to work with them in whatever capacity is, is maybe lacking or whatever capacity is available we can, we can support. Um, yeah, but, you know, when you, th when you get into the, to the kind of, strict user space, right? Athletes and coaches will probably be the, um, the direct users of the product and, and, and service, right? And, and so we have to fully understand them. Now, as you mentioned, non-professional athletes, the parents are going to be really um, important. I mean, they're, they're, they're essentially the decision makers, right? For, some, for, for young athletes, especially in the high school, in the high school ages, We, we want to build relationships with parents because that's uh, really important to us. Yeah, the decision makers. You, 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 you can't pull an athlete if the parent is not, uh, does not agree. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and in, the world, in, the, in the world of NIL and how athletes are then progressing right into to the NCAA or um, how young athletes are potentially being put in a position to negotiate their future revenue streams, right? This is a, this is a, 
a paradigm shift in young athletes world. And, um, you know, like I mentioned where, where some athletes don't have the privilege of like direct support from either leaders or coaches or parents, then, then there's a gap there. And, uh, you know, we want to build our capability to support that if, if it's needed. Interesting. And how exactly are you thinking about monetization? Maybe we're too early to talk about that. Maybe it's the, the last thing in your, in your to-do list as of now, because yeah. you know, you have the product launch up coming up and, and the platform is going to be released and the website and, and a video and everything in, on, on the marketing mm -hmm. side probably is, is more your focus now. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if you, if you've already sat down and made the reflection on how exactly do you want to make this a business? Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's a, it's the question that we all have to come to at some point. Um, but what, what I would say is that we have a variety of choices. Um, there are a few alternatives that we've, we've been discussing and sort of designing on. And I think, um, the beauty in this is that it, it, it likely could work in a variety of ways. Um, and we're still trying to figure out what the best one is. What I can say is that uh, we're a data-driven company. We're a, we're a passion-driven passion company. So when you, when you combine data with passion, it's almost like you can't lose. I, I mean, it's, you're, 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 doing, you're making decisions and you're, you're doing things not only for the company, but for your people, your consumers. Um, and in that sense, it's almost not about the money. Um, and, and, you know, maybe that's not the greatest thing for a founder to say, but I'm less interested in making a ton of money than I am seeing a kid get a scholarship or, you know, seeing an athlete improve beyond his or her, you know, thought process or even, uh, you know, thought they could ever get to this point. I think for me, that's true value. Um, now in terms of like monetization, we will have to make decisions. And I think, I think we'll see that in the, in the, in the coming, uh, months of, of operations. Um, and, and then we'll make a decision that's, that's based basically on our, on our customers and, and, and the company. You talked a little bit about NIL name, image, and likeness and how it is, it is really changing. This is less than a one, less than a year, uh, update since you know they they allowed um a, a young athletes to you know monetize their their brands and you talked a little bit about this and i just want to double tap on that because i think that it could really be tied into what you think is the future of uh young athletes especially you know as we mentioned non-pro and uh high school athletes what what does that look in the future how how exactly do you think that exists let's let's talk about the US because the world is probably too mm -hmm. complicated to 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 be accurate on on a prediction or just a, a vision but on your mind how does the market of young athletes athletes look like in the future and how exactly is B1 trying to tie those tie those knots up in the for the future of it uh, and be there um for all these athletes, for, for those needs that you think will happen in the future? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's one that I bet coaches and, and athletes and parents around the world are trying to, trying to understand as we speak. Um, I think for me, NIL is uh, got two really big things that we need to focus on. One is 
this has clearly brought in the value of individuality in sports. But with that, there's a risk of losing the team concept. And I think for me, one thing that I've thought about is, you know, how, how, do you, how can an individual athlete build their brand and build their image in, in a way that's conducive with their kind of uh, their values or the way that they want to be perceived in the market or um, across the world? And, you know, how can you, how can you uh, give athletes the skills or the capability to, you know, use the tools to craft that message perfectly. And I think what it comes down to is, especially in the high school days and the high school market is, it's all about decision-making. <laughs> and if we can help, help athletes understand how decisions today can ultimately affect, you know, your NIL, your image, your brand in the future, then what better decisions can we help athletes make today? And, and how are we going to do that? So what kind of humans am I going to bring to the table that help athletes make better decisions on the field and maybe more importantly, off the field? Um, so that's one really important thing. And, and so when I, when I think about kind of individuality and, and the kind of, uh, uh, you know, free agency sort of aspect of young athletes, the, you know, building your brand and building your messaging is a full-time job. And I know for me as a high school, high school kid, I probably could have made a lot better, <laughs> better decisions. Um, and, it, you know, having, having that support structure around, around me or in, in today's world, uh, building a support structure, I think is important. Um, so, so I think that's, that's one aspect of it. The, the other thing that we're going to do, which <clears throat> is something that we're playing around and it gets back to this kind of creativity and innovation space. At our academies, we're not just gonna train physical strength and speed. We're gonna build on mental and emotional stability. We're gonna build on you know, what it means to have business acumen, learn what it means to understand negotiations or endorsing your brand as a human. You know? And when you combine the physical, you know, getting faster, getting stronger, getting consistent, at the same time with mental and emotional stability, that could really make an interesting um, experience. And we're hoping that, and, and we're thinking that in doing all of that, athletes are gonna be in a better position when the time comes. Whether it's some big company looking for an endorsement or you know, you're gonna show up on uh, a podcast or you're gonna show up on screen somewhere, your message and your brand are consistent. And what tools can we help help provide these these athletes? Yeah, and you know, I think that it goes even beyond sports. I th I feel like in the new era of you know the internet and how most of the things live online and everyone has a, his own or her own online digital profile that you know expresses uh, what this person maybe stands for or is interested in or likes or whatever. Um, I, th I feel like learning all of those things, as you mentioned, like how the off or how the online and the offline tie together, how your actions today can influence your future and all the things that you 
like currently do how how exactly that ties up to who you are and who yeah. you become and and the type of brand that you're building i think it i think it goes beyond sports and it's a lesson really for everyone to learn how uh how that uh how to build a a a new life or a life in um in the new world and yeah. so what i'm liking about what you're mentioning you know tying it up all everything together with you know mental health and emotional health and 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 you know learning how to deal with specific situations is that it's not really related to to sports it's it's just that b1 is really focusing on 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 young athletes that probably you know are either focused on their on their sport or you know devoting their life 24/7 to uh to to improving their skills and everything and and sometimes they don't have access to the to the number of resources that that uh others do or uh to the trainings that uh, the best trainings around that others do um you're really providing that tool to those people to 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 come up with this Uh, way of living in the new world as we as uh, i was just mentioning yeah. uh, and i and i loved it and I, f i feel like that is also part of what your experience as a designer and as an architect architect talk, taught you about you know building you know the whole experience and and providing the users with you know tools that may not be like obvious maybe more subtle but they're actually there to help yep. them not improve not improve really their sport but improve their life so it's more of like a yeah Uh, do A to improve B, but you improve everything in between. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think, and the coolest thing about all this is there's a direct translation to performing in the moment, right? With your mental and emotional stability. Because, you know, as a field goal kicker and you're stepping out in front of 100,000 to, to hit a game winner and you're down by two, it is not physical at that point. It is nothing but mental and emotional. And just like any other sport where you're hitting a free throw to win the game or you're in the moment, you know, you've tr probably trained your, your body and your anatomy to such a level that it's, it's just going to do it. But it's your mind, actually, that, that really sets apart the ones that perform in the clutch and, uh, you know, and those that, that hiccup or have, have a, um, you know, a, a result that, that is unfavorable. Now, is it always, is it perfect? No. I mean, it's just a constant journey to, to build the kind of physical, mental, and emotional triangle. But um, that's kind of one, one idea we're after is, is we, we believe that actual on the field performance has a direct translation or a direct relationship with off the field and mental, and emotional stability. Big supporter of that. Um, what is exactly the, the roadmap or the plan that you have I know that you guys are yep. launching soon. So if you want to talk about that, that's yeah. now's the moment. And but what happens next and how do you how do how are you thinking about scaling this? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, uh technology and data is really at the heart of the company. And so we're really excited. We're actually developing uh our technology and an MVP with in collaboration with Rice University. Uh, so that's going, that's ongoing now. Uh, we're going to be kind of building the whole, the whole launch and the company is actually going to launch here soon. So, um, hopefully this month actually, uh, so, you know, uh, B1 sports is, is going to, going to show up. And I think the, the big thing that, that we're hoping to, to, uh, to achieve is 
just b- start building the relationships with our consumer base, with our coaches and with our parents, because uh, we believe that, you know, at the heart of success is, is relationship building. It's really about people. You know, you can have the greatest technology in the world, but if you don't know what to do with it and you don't have an understanding of who you're doing it for, then it really doesn't matter. Um, and so we're really, really focused on um, our technology development plan. We're really focused on building relationships and our marketing and branding. Um, and then, and then lastly, we're going to have a, um, hopefully, a, a, an interesting and compelling, uh, launch choreography, <laughs> better, no better word than, than choreography to this. So, um, you know, the, the other thing I would mention is, uh, we, we sort of pride ourselves on collaboration and partnership. So there are a lot of fantastic things going on in this market and in, in the industry at, at large. So, I mean, sports tech is, is growing and expanding and it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic for the entrepreneurs, but it's fantastic for the industry and the market. But more importantly, it's fantastic for the athletes, the coaches and the parents. And, and that's, what, that's what's super exciting. Um, so anywhere that we can build those connections, we're, uh, we're all in. Well, Scott, you know that anything that we can do to help, we're here as the Halftime Snacks and Sports Tech Biz and me, of course. I uh, hope you, you, you trust me when the time comes. Um, and man, it's been fun. I can't leave without asking you a more personal question, Scott. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe I want to ask you, because you, you were in those moments, what, what, is the, what is the hardest moment, at least mentally, um, for a punter or kicker is it that moment under pressure that you mentioned when you're down to and you know everyone relies on you and if that is the moment can you share with us maybe that moment that has been in your life for you as as a kicker as a punter uh, or your co- yeah. quarterback you were also before you broke your elbow um what was the what was the toughest moment for you in your life as a as a sports athlete as almost almost pro yep uh i know it well because it's one that I've learned from greatly. <laughs> and uh, it was actually just a, a, a terrible failure field goal kick. Um, we're, we're, I think we were playing uh, Northridge, Cal, Cal State, Northridge or something. And, um, and I remember the, the field, the grass was a little bit longer than I would have liked. And, and the kickers out there would know, you, you kind of want to see the bottom of the ball because I don't know why mentally it helps you. <laughs> Um, and I remember, uh, when I was, uh, had taken my steps, I was in position and the funniest things started happening in my calf muscles. They just started tingling and almost out of control. And I was in my brain going, what is going on with my body? And I completely forgot like everything that I was trained to do and, the ball was snapped and I ran up and kicked it and it literally bounced off the back of my center's head and it bounced so high that, I mean, people ran under it, like they were going to catch, you know, a punt or something. And I was just sitting there going, Oh my gosh, what just happened? And, and the reason I, I remember this one is, is it goes back to that physiological moment when it's not about like how you control your body, but, it, but if you can, if you can sort of calm your mind then your muscles and your, your, your tendons and your blood flow and all of those things are at calm at the clutch, clutch moment. 
And, and then it's just about um, muscle memory. It's just about execution. And, and, and that's a really neat thing. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's lived with me for, for quite a while. Um, the fun thing though, is, is I still kick, uh, I still go out and I, I probably kicked 250, 250 balls in the past month. Um, and, and so I, 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 I constantly sort of search for that moment again, see if it, see if it'll happen, but it hasn't ever been in that situation. So, um, you know, it's, it's been interesting. very much for tuning in if you enjoy this episode hit the subscribe button and leave a review on apple podcasts if you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports make sure you subscribe to the sports tech biz newsletter i'll leave the link in the show notes see you all next week bye bye